welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely. And it will give back to us. Uh, if you have not listened to previous episodes, then you don't know that uh, Ben, one of the founders of the podcast, found us the Wells Connection song from back in the day on a loop on YouTube. And as our um, legal department, um, Ben has assured us he doesn't think we can we can get sued. If we do get sued, Jason is the one you should go after. I'm not in the legal department. What are you talking about? <laughs> the uh, We welcome you to Let the Bird Fly and to the to the Wells. Yeah? Yeah. As we are the Wisconsin Synod podcast of the 1517 Podcasting Network. I don't know. Has Pewaukee made that official that we are that? I'm not sure that they know who we are. <laughs> oh. What is, is there an official Wells podcast? Should we apply for that? No, but I think they've been advertising a variety of podcasts yeah. in there. We were in Forward in Christ once we were, that's for right. our podcast. I think that was yeah. before we got feisty. <laughs> yeah, they have the the Preachers podcast, but that's kind of, I mean, there's podcasts to it, but yeah. I don't well, think. Preachers can listen to this one too. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So you are listening to the unofficial, but maybe one day official Podcast of the Wisconsin Senate and a member of the 1517 Podcasting Network. Let the bird fly. We're happy you are here with us as we uh, are here to talk about living freely in a world given back to us. We're going to be discussing today a topic um, that Mike has been wanting to do. Um, when we get to the main topic, I'll throw it to him to describe uh, a little bit more of what he's thinking. But the basic question is, how do we look at ourselves and how does that change over time and in places? I encourage you to go to 1517.org. You can check out all the good stuff that they have going there. And also, we'll just put a brief plug in. If you haven't checked out the Winging It series on Lutherans in Rome, Jason and I wrapped that up talking about our recent trip to Rome. Yes, we and did. And we're going to be continuing it, though, with Lutherans in Germany as we'll be talking about our upcoming 11-day Germany tour entitled Experience the Cradle of the Reformation. We had a number of registrations come in recently. We're really excited about that. There still are open spots. would encourage you to take a look at LetTheBirdFly.com. Go to Germany Trip 2024. All the information is there, or you can reach out to us at firstname.lastname at wlc.edu or on the uh, through the podcast email, which is Jason? Podcast at LetTheBirdFly.com. Very good, at podcast at LetTheBirdFly.com. We do try to check that pretty regularly, but we'd love to have you come along. You can find out more about that trip there. And lest we get too distracted, um, I'm having a day. This will be a day that will be easy for me to be distracted, so I'm going to try to focus. You know, it's the day of our Lord's Ascension, though, so it's going to be okay. Yeah, I hope so. Okay. I yeah. told everybody it would yeah. be in chapel. Yeah. I think it means... Well, you know what's hard? Practicing what you preach. <laughs> That's true. What's hard is... I was saying this, I just got back from... You're about uh, to criticize my chapel, aren't no. you? Oh, okay. I just got back from uh, teaching the high schoolers. And I remarked, as I do just about every year, that somehow between, it, it must be the label senior and freshman, mm. right? So if you're called a senior, you act like a senior. If you, you're called a freshman, you act like a freshman. Because those who, people who graduate as seniors from high school, mm. that three months mm. to when they become college freshmen, they become stupid. And I don't know, <laughs> like they're older, yeah, they right? are. Right, they're older. Yeah. They've had more experience. I think labels matter, maybe. I think they okay. do. But, uh, but Wade, I'm willing to bet that you're a little uh, flabbergasted today and frustrated and not yourself because 
It is uh, time to get grades in and final exams. And let's just say that there are some students who uh, maybe don't pay attention or do their work until the last second and then, and then feel I, like they need a little extra time and, and maybe are entitled to uh, extra time and... I held pretty firm to uh, yeah. to Friday being the last day to get stuff in, so for the most part, I'm in pretty good shape. But there's been a couple with legitimate reasons um, that we're working on. Uh, Jason, I know uh, we all have to get back to grading. We have a, a farewell for retiring colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you go ahead and uh, give us our disclaimer if you have it. I do have handy it. Handy there. We have this Mike organized this office. We've got a nice little shelf over there. I don't know if you've noticed, Mike, he just throws this stuff on there. Well, we need to put some stuff on yeah. the wall. I just haven't or had a chance to get back in we and could also throw put it, it back out. up. So got it, got it okay, to so the Jason studio. reached into his pile um, next yeah. to his little tiny Coke there. Yeah, yeah. Why, Coke does, Coke why does Wade put all this stuff on your, in your... I don't know. Maybe that's why it's so distressed. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Let's not, let's, not start point, let's not start pointing fingers. All right. <laughs> We're not about blame here. Okay. That's right. All right, Jason, would you mind reading our disclaimer, please? This show doesn't speak for our churches, our church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism because, well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth, that's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. If you find yourself getting too worked up, Tune out, look around, and realize you're just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. And that brings us to our... Uh, I love that it's just a loop. <laughs> just I bet, keeps going. I bet if you uh, if we ever needed like a terrorist to confess, <laughs> you just put that bad boy on for a few hours, <laughs> and uh, the uh, we'll make our way to the main topic. Then, and Michael, I will throw it to you right here at the start, um, if you don't mind to explain what you kind of have in mind, and then maybe if you can kind of get our discussion underway for that. Sure. Coming off the heels of our anthropology um, talk about the, the first couple chapters of Genesis, more than the first couple, a few, first section of Genesis. Um, it's something that I, I don't know that we always frame very well, but I, I think we should. And that is, how do we look at, at a human being? Uh, how would you describe a human being? And what's interesting to me is that we tend to look at them through a framework, a context, a lens, that has much to do with our own biases and culture. So this is true of everything, right? So uh, when we look at history, this is very important to say, okay, am I projecting something from my era onto somebody else's, right? And if I do that, I I can rightfully criticize their lack of morality on a certain subject. I'm right to do that. But uh, if, if I just project something on them, uh, somebody in the past, and I actually don't learn what they are actually about. And then it just ends up being history about myself, right? Same way we can do that with scripture. So um, I think to, it's healthy to then look at how we have, in different cultures and different times, looked at what a human being is. And I would argue that most of them have a kernel of truth to them, 
It's more about what do you, do I primarily look at a human being through this lens or not? And it's not just about philosophy and, and a theological question, what is a human being, is there a soul, that kind of thing. But even <clears throat> narrowing it down in, especially in neuroscience, but in, in, in other uh, medical fields, um, you can you can get caught into something. So at one time, the, the a human being was seen through like the, the flow of, of fluids, liquids and stuff like that. Uh, bile and the humors. Yeah, the humors. Um, you could see um, you know, Descartes looking at a human being like a machine, primarily through the lens of a machine. Um, and neuroscience is or has been looking at the human being through the lens of a computer. And, and that can be helpful. So a lot of it is I'm trying to explain something very complicated to the, to the layperson. And what does the layperson know? Well, they know how a computer works, and so the brain sort of works like a computer. Here you are. The danger is then you start looking through all of it through the lens of this analogy of a computer, and you miss something, right? Much like we might do that with history or even the scriptures. Uh, like DNA is the, the biggest thing ever, and we see it through the lens of information because... We, we've, we were in an information age when we did that, and maybe we overplayed DNA. I, I think there are some people that would say that. And so there can be these moments where a new analogy, a new framework comes on, and that can be very beneficial. So does neuroscience move away from the computer analogy and do something else? What, what great breakthroughs might come from that? What do you lose from that? So these are kind of the examples that I was after. And I think when we look at uh, ourselves as human beings, um, am I primary, primarily a consumer? Certainly we consume things. Um, am I primarily a student? Certainly we learn things. Am I just an animal? I'm looking through the lens of biology for at, at maybe not completely, but that's the primary way I look at myself. Um, do I look at myself like a computer information? Do I look at myself primarily through the lens of, well, you can name any, anything, right? So I thought it would be helpful for us to, not just personally, but here on the podcast to say, okay, have I thought of myself primarily through these lens and have I limited myself that way? Um, am I primarily like a team worker? Am I... Uh, a cog in the machine. Cog in the machine. Am I or a machine? Or a machine. Mm -hmm. And so, what are the dangers and what are the good things for all of these? So, I'll throw it to you. you guys, want to start right. with any Jason? Um, there will be a couple of these I'll have requests for you throughout the episode. By the way, could you please um, say what is on this post-it note? <laughs> Unit concept. I like this. I like. Thank that. you, Jason. Like, there's certain trigger words. I very much like this. Yeah, can I'm I trying to get this started. Can I make a suggestion? <laughs> yeah. We talked about this. This is great. Uh, can I make a suggestion that we cut the just to three seconds? Yeah, I have yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, like boom. <laughs> but like, if you say unit uh, concept, then uh, or, any, okay, real quick, do any of you want to guess any of the other words that I have down okay. here or phrases? Uh, but we'll just if I hey, Michael, can you can you read this one? 
best worker trainer system and work here training system in the world. All right, give me give me one more, and then I'll stop. I would I would je- I would I would suggest Adiaphra or Forms Ministry. Come to the wells for the living water. Then we'll stop right with this. Hey, oh, got an ad now. We're gonna copyright infringe. All right, I'm gonna stop. Jason, you jump in now. And how do we see ourselves? Yeah, I. <coughs> if I you think guys think of any, feel free to write them down. Oh yeah, well. Well, it'd be nice if we had them on the board, so right. or you had them on there, so that you could be ready at yeah. with the. I am going to hang them up later, so that whenever we have a guest, if it comes up, that we. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had a thought or two. Um, <laughs> no, it's complete. No, it's not completely gone. But I think um, that idea of, uh, you know, not that 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 all of these things, like you said, have kernels of truth, right? Mm-hmm. And and that they're good things to maybe take away from them. Uh, in all of these areas, and yet I think at the same time, you know, there are, uh, you know, the, the, it, it's it's that idea of helping you to recognize your own bias in that mm-hmm. too, right? Like, because, you know, just even in talking from the standpoint of neuroscience, right, I mean, they're going to be looking at how how do we view ourselves primarily in terms of the the brain, right, and, and the, the, and maybe the the mind or the or the intellect or that that side going forward um and yet to recognize too you know as we talk about being you know who we are it's more than just the brain right mm-hmm. it's more than just the and 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 to recognize that you know all of to to try to find something that encompasses all of those things and you know that we are mind and intellect but also that there's the the body there and the things that the body needs and the things that the body does. But then there's also, I mean, if you take just, you know, the, the, the spiritual component as well, I mean, all of these different things, uh, I think you, you start to, if you just stop and think about all the different ways that you could maybe think of yourself, um, you understand that at, on the surface, this might seem a pretty simple thing, but, the more you start to think about it, the more difficult and challenging it is to really try to say, well, how should I look at myself? Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, uh, to start with an embodied soul is usually a good place to mm-hmm. go and, and say I- image of God. If you don't, if you don't, if you're having this conversation, you don't come back to the image of God. There's going to be, well, there's going to be human rights issues that you're going to have. Um, but what does that mean? Right. I, you think, okay, the soul has faculties and this is where we, We'll use like words like mind or heart or will, um, and all of those are describing a non-physical thing. It's right. not like there's multiple non-physical things, but the, the non-physical thing, even spirit, I think it's best to understand that's highlighting the soul's connection to God, Yep. right? And so <clears throat> um, we'll talk about someone having a lot of heart or whatever. All of those things are talking about the soul, but highlighting something of the soul, and so if you, you know, the, the, the counter to that is to only think of myself through biological mechanisms, right? Mm-hmm. Or I'm just an animal. And then, well, what's the problem with that? Well, problem number one is you have a hard time describing any virtue or any concept of morality because it's just 
finally comes down to instinct and maybe there's evolutionary uh, benefits to this thing we call love or this thing we call courage, but we're just giving the label courage to something that we observe in, in the, the nature of things, right? And so <clears throat> you lose that. Um, you can very easily get into a libertine way of thinking. Um, the body's just my instinct. I can do what, my, what I want. Even if I do believe that I have a soul, since I'm primarily thinking myself through the body, I have these urges. I have this whatever. How could you blame me for this? Uh, we've talked about this before. That, which is which is something that you see. I mean, back in the pages of scripture. Oh, right? absolutely, food, a gnostic yeah. food for the stomach and yeah. the stomach for food, and you know the sexual licentiousness yeah. and those type of things. Uh, yeah. Both Paul and John seem to be talking against that gnostic yep. way of because gnosticism just really quickly. <clears throat> let's say privileging the spiritual over the physical. Um, either you go one of two ways. One is to say the physical is bad. I'm trying to get out of it in kind of a pious way, more of a religious way. The other way is a libertine way. It doesn't really matter. The mm-hmm. body doesn't matter. Um, uh, we've talked about this quite a bit that I think we would all at least agree somewhat that race is a bit of a construct that's new. Um, I still have eyeballs. I still see differences in, in people from different different places. Um, but for a lot of reasons, it seems that that's more of a construct than other things that people call constructs. We won't go down that road. But <clears throat> when did this idea of race and racism become such a big thing? Well, it's after the Enlightenment. It's after the idea of evolution and social evolution took hold of 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 our way of thinking. And if I if I primarily look at somebody through the lens of biology, well, then how do I distinguish between certain people? Um, well, if, it's, if, it's, if I'm primarily seen through the lens of biology, then it is you're different biologically, right? And so there's and, and huge ramifications for this. And that's for, um, this is not an endorsement of... Um, the nationalism and the fascism and the racism that became especially prominent in the 20th century. Um, but people sometimes forget that, that people like the Nazis thought they were doing something scientific. Yeah. It certainly yeah. was not good science. No. Um, but you had a lot of PhDs involved in the Nazi party, and they they thought this was progress. Now, we look at that and say that's barbarism. How could it be progress? But but that purely kind of... In, we're, we're more evol- evolved than another group. Right. It's not that big of a jump. And, and you know, when we, when we talk history and we talk about the, the reasons, the causes in history, the answer is always D, all of the above. It's never one thing, <laughs> right? But I don't think you can overlook this idea of if I start primarily thinking of a human being through biological terms, then I don't divide themselves so much about culture they divide themselves up by their, by their DNA, their biology, their skin color, their, their hair type, their eye color, and stuff like that. And from there comes culture, mm-hmm. right? And so then I may attack the culture, but I'm really attacking the biology. And so I, I think this, this has serious ramifications. I, another one that <clears throat> um, I think we, we would do well to think about is, am I primarily a consumer? Um, and, and I think... And so uh, I went anti... Before we jump to consumer. Hold on. I went anti-evolution far to the right. Now I'm going to go far to the left and say, I think that we have have 
we have done damage by thinking through the lens of capitalism and consumerism. Go ahead. Okay, now we're going to remember we're talking consumers. Jason, I'm going to ask you to read this one, and I want to be clear. I made it plural because we are claiming all of them for the Wisconsin Senate. I know some of our uh, separated brethren in Missouri might not like this, but I'm going to go ahead and put it on the board as um, we produce them all. We get credit. Uh, Jason, could you, could you please read this? Peepers. Jason, can you, uh, can you name three peepers? Well, August and Franz are the big ones. Yes. He went August first. He's a true Wellser. The true Wellser. Well, it was the theme song that, you know, just drew me that direction. Um, is there, I believe there's a Rolf. I thought it was Reinhold. Oh, Reinhold. That, you might be right. Oh, you by the way, right. I just wanted to mention something. Wawatosan Theologians. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to put them both on the board, yeah. but I'm not going to play that one because okay. I don't want to get too distracting. Okay. Yeah. Wauwatosa Theology is on the board okay, as well. Okay. Um, do you have Adiaphora up there yet? I do. Alright, I'll just put it up there. I was going to try to work it in organically. Okay. but. Uh, uh. Alright. All right. uh, consumers, Michael. So, um, <clears throat> I think this is this is pretty profound, and I think you have to give a hat tip to some of those <coughs> people, thinkers like Karl Marx, who we may disagree. I do personally. I don't know about you, but I do disagree with his solutions and uh, some of his assumptions. Um, but I think those that that type of criticism that we have been made to believe that our full life is only full if we consume things, Mm -hmm. is problematic. And we are often treated both economically and politically as if that's the role. And And, and and what we consume and the quantity or to the extent to which... For instance, right after 9-11, you know, I still remember one of the big things they said was go shopping, right? They were worried the economy would collapse, people would freak out, and right, one of the patriotic things to do in response was to consume. And I, 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 we're all, I'll speak for the three of us in the room. We have benefited from and participate in and generally like capitalism, <laughs> right? Yep. But um, I think we can all three of us look at ourselves and say it's hurt us a little bit. It's be- made me fat. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, and, and more than just the physical, that kind of thing, but... And more than just, I'm never satisfied because I, I just want more and more and more and I never quite enjoy the stuff that I, that I have. But this idea that I am free to make these choices to either buy or not buy, to, to buy this thing or that thing, I think is a little, a little bit fraudulent. Well, and it's not just um, buy these things, but these things are marketed to us as if they um, ought to be part of our identity, right? It, brands are yep. uh, brands are more than a product. Brands precisely are the idea that um, in, in this, if I ever do write this book, that you know, you are who you are when you drive, um, and you know, I want to get at kind of like um, formation and uh, spiritual life through the lens of who we are behind the wheel, but. But think even just automobiles, right? We see that as an extension of our person. Yeah. We 
we want a, a vehicle that we think matches us or that makes us something. Um, but that's true with um, the phones we get, the computers we get, uh, clothes, um, that consuming isn't just what we're something that it's seen that it's important that us do, but consuming is in some ways becomes ontological. It, um, it, it formative, it, uh, it makes claims on, on us and, uh, and not in, um, sometimes in innocuous ways, but I would say sometimes maybe in, in problematic ways. Yeah. And I think, I think the point here is not so much to rail against one system or not, or say you can't enjoy God's good gifts or anything like that. It's just to say, to stop and think, do I, have I been taken by this so much that I, I see my whole life primarily through this lens and what am I missing? What am I missing if, if I, if I'm only judging myself by not just, not just a cheap, like I have a lot of stuff, but that I am a consumer that right. my my the point of my existence is to make money so that I can then spend money and eventually hopefully retire and have enough money to spend and think about the contrast between that and the doctrine of vocation right, right. and think about how miserable you can be like in my household what we do is we buy a bunch of stuff we don't need and then we buy a bunch of containers to store the stuff because we don't ever actually use the stuff we've bought. If you want to read interesting articles, and look about the read some stuff about the the storage industry yeah, in America. Yeah. And then yeah. when we run out of storage space, we sell the stuff that we don't use so that we have money to buy more stuff. And and I just cycles I just through. throw it out because I don't want anyone else to enjoy it. That's what I would do, <laughs> but I get outvoted. So there's a cycle here. I mean, I'm being serious here, even though I'm joking. Yeah. There's a cycle here that we never quite stop to actually enjoy the gifts, and that's precisely what we have been talking about for a very long time on this podcast. When your time and your energy and your money go somewhere, that becomes your your idol, and that idol cannot love you back. It only takes from you. It never gives back to you, right? So... There is, I think there is a little bit of a danger. Now, I want to say for right now, I do not want to make laws here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make laws here whether you buy or this is something that we call an adiaphron. Like, are you talking like legalism? <laughs> I got you. Adi- <laughs> you can keep talking over it, Jason. Oh, all right. I, I think uh, what, what you're saying there, too, is that how that begins to... Um, you know, influence your thinking or affect your, affect your, I mean, not just. <laughs> nice. Nice. But, you know, like that idea, if I'm, if I'm all about consuming and then, you know, I start to maybe even believe some of that, the propaganda of marketing and, and, yeah. you know, that, that this, that this informs who I am, you know, about, and, and how I, deserve some of these things and what what does that mean then for who i am and how uh, yeah i think those it consumes are, your way it of does thinking it does like you're yeah. always thinking about what's the next thing what's the next sale what's the next i mean i think it is profound and i and i think you know and this is one of the things you know not to leave consumerism but or to be or the idea of consumer but 
you know, that idea of is, you know, balance and, and, you know, recognizing that, but also staying grounded in the, yeah. in the center. I mean, whichever direction you're looking yeah. at. I, I mean, you know, the, the opposite Karl Marx would, at least some Marxists would make the, make the, the same mistake is saying that people are pri- primarily, at least in this early stage, producers. Okay, that's my next one. Yeah. So, all right, can we please? I have I have three that I want to throw out there. Okay. Um, who read last time? I think I did. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. Michael, I will I will let you. This is an oldie but a goodie. It doesn't apply anymore, but many of us heard this over the years. Twenty nine, twenty nine. The S O B. S A B. The S O B. The new the new address just doesn't quite have the ring. I don't know what the new address is, but yeah, we'll, we'll have 2929 to. Twenty nine twenty nine was the address of the synod. It used to be right by the college here. Yeah, not far. And then they they moved away from us. All right, um, pause that bad boy. I'll put this up here. All right, I have three Michael, and you can pick any of them out of it. I think it makes sense to do workers or producers next because that does fit. If we're gonna if we're gonna use Marx as a diagnostician, which I think he is a good one. Um, but not as a solution, yeah. Because uh, I think that's a bad one. And there's philosophical and theological solutions right. we would not agree with. Um, yeah. But uh, I think, and I think this is one that we can easily fall into in the church. Um, you had producer. I have here worker. Um, maybe just doer. Um, if we think of human beings primarily as doers, which I would say is the default position for how we tend to look at human beings. Um, and I would also say this is a big thing for Christians to recognize them because um, what the gospel calls us to is uh, passivity, mm-hmm. um, to become receivers or hearers. Um, but work is good. Um, we talk about vocation a lot as well. Um, but this idea of are we primarily workers, are we doing, this is especially an American thing. In fact, often in America when you meet someone, they'll say, what do you do? I always like to say, like, I eat, I sleep. Um <laughs> Sometimes I like um, watch baseball, uh, but we we uh, we mean something very real by what do you do? I remember there used to be a sign I uh, somewhere on campus, and it used to bug me that um, was something about like you know, oh yeah, go ahead and don't study, and then it had French fries. Like then you're gonna end up flipping yeah. fries, um, as if one work is more noble than the other, as if the person um, making fries isn't probably net doing a, a greater net good than any of the three of us <laughs> and here by feeding uh, his or her neighbor. But I'll throw it to you guys. Um, and all of these have a kernel of truth in them to some degree, right? Uh, but if we think of ourselves primarily as not consumers, but now producers or workers. Yeah, I, I think we are producers. We, 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 we are epic. We do things in God's economy, but for... You know, th- this becomes my my main thing, and then that becomes my ability then to break apart from the power structures, right? As if I'm not also a soul, right? To see everything through the lens of production doesn't solve the problem. I do worry that you that the pendulum can go the other way, where I'm I'm not identifying with my job at all, and so then it really just becomes about making money. Right, I make enough money, and then I go on this three-month road trip, um, you know, like some millennials will do, and good for them for doing that. Which is the danger of, um, but to work in vocation can and ought to be considered separately. Sometimes um, we have to do that in ethics, for instance. 
um, but they can't be completely separated or else uh, we do, uh, it does just become a paycheck. So I'm a little bit torn by this when um, I think this is, this is not just me being the old guy telling the younger generation they're lazy because there are p- plenty of people, the laziest people I know in their, in their 60s. Um, I'm not going to ask for any names. <laughs> I mean, just generally throughout my <laughs> life. Now some of them are, you know, dead. Um, <laughs> They're super lazy now. Yeah. Really lazy. Um, <laughs> so this is not me just saying that the young generation doesn't know how to work. But I think there's, there is something to be, there's something going on where there, there's not, for us it was the assumption that you would work hard. The task was before you. You did it. This is who you were. You weren't going to get paid a lot. You got pe- paid better than the previous generation, so suck it up and do it. It's for the good of the good of the church. That is not the case anymore for a lot of people. It is, this is when I set my hours. This is, this is what I'm going to do and what I'm not going to do, and I need support. Not just support, but an emotional support, right? There, there's, I would like criticize, yeah. Mental health days. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would, I would say that there, there is a, I think this is a fair criticism that the resolve has been weakened. Um, and there's some good things to that. Maybe we did push people too hard. But I'm torn because I also get where it annoys me to no end, right? But I get like, people are like, no, we, I don't have to work 80 hours a week. Figure it out, right? And I'm going to. I'm going to live my best life now. I'm torn by this. So because the options there, are, there are wage slavery yeah. or complete disregard for your neighbor and society. Right. This is, I'm torn by these well, two options. For those two ditches, but Mike would err on the side of wage slavery. Yeah, I would <laughs> for sure. But, Which is an American tradition. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But I am willing to admit that I kind of like that people are not going, that are fighting the idea of going back to the office after, after, um, remote working and and saying you know what i you you me coming in there just so that this building can pay you can pay rent to this building especially if i'm driving a car yeah and and but there are there are people who suffer like the shops that depended on the people coming downtown where i mean it's it's (laughs) not that easy i'm torn by this you know what you do you put bike lanes right outside those shops and when people are out getting around with a reasonable form of transportation because they don't have to commute an hour to work. Um, the people who live around there will bike and, and keep those businesses doing well. But I, I, bikers had, a very, I had a very bad experience with a, with a man on a bicycle. Who yesterday hasn't? At, at disregarding several traffic laws. Who hasn't? I thought, hasn't? I thought the guy you know what was you guys are? We're right talking about what me. people are. You guys are cagers. Yeah, cagers. Well, hey. Cagers. Uh, I, here's, go ahead. I, no, no I, um, one thing that you just kind of in thinking about this, and this is uh, something that I wonder how much is a is a little bit of a product of our time, or maybe a, maybe a, a reaction to. Um, there's been kind of this revival of the the concept of maker, right? Like this idea of that you're involved in making, producing something. Like what you do actually has a tangible product at the end of it. Um, homofaber yeah and like you know just they just added here on campus they added a a maker's space right where you can go and 
you know, find a place and maybe some tools and resources to do some of these making of things, right? right? Which I wonder how much of that... Which is healthy. Which, yeah, which I think is a which good is, thing. I and mean, and yeah, there that is a, I think, sometimes a good critique of the Industrial Revolution is that in separating people from the product, when you become just a piece of it, um, it can diminish the sense of... Um, purpose and that someone and not just the like the industrial like i'm just i'm at my spot on the line type of thing but in a more information age type of thing where if i'm just shuffling papers if i'm just kind of do or i'm managing hearts as a middle manager right and i don't really know that there's yeah but now to say here's a tangible product at the end and that you know my um uh ingenuity went into and my you know um blood and sweat went into yeah. and you know i think that the and and how that is almost viewed you know almost with an awe of sorts in mm-hmm. some way like oh that, that this person is a you know i'm a maker yeah uh that that even that coining that term to say this is kind of like a, a unique and thing it's, it's something now. that becomes a hot it's in our in our age it's a hop it's like do you think people 300 years ago exercised? No, because their life was exercise. <laughs> hey, yeah. There isn't like, you know, like people that were, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to brew beer in my basement. No, you did that because you needed beer. Mm-hmm. You just did it. Right. You know who right. does brew beer yeah. in his basement now though? Hmm. Okay. There you go. Over here. Actually, I've, I've never done beer. I've done wine. Wine. Yeah. And, oh. and mead. And mead. All right. But I've got a good one and then I've got another idea. I got one more before we, uh, before we close. I want to talk about one. Okay, so I also have, I'll give time. you all mine again, and then we'll okay. see. All right, what do you got? Okay, um, Jason, it's your turn to read. Amalgamation. That's a good one, yeah? Yeah. Would either of you like to explain for our non-Wells listeners why that's a Wells word? No. <laughs> there were uh, two separate colleges at one point in the Wells for training pastors at one and teachers at another and just before we came to the to the college it those college, two colleges we were the first colleges. class that was all of our years no, no we, had, we were the second freshman oh, second class. class yeah second freshman class yeah so after the amalgamation all right let me do one more and then i'm gonna stop for now but this i feel is connected to that so um i should have this ready to go and i will give it to michael he went to one of these, so it makes sense. Prep school. Prep school. Michael, would you like to explain what a prep school is? Everybody should know what a prep school is. Yeah. So back in the day, all colleges that were tied, many of them, most of them in America, were tied to churches, had, would have prep schools, like Marquette University, right, mm, has yep. a prep school. And yep. we, have, we have held on in our conservative way, and it's been a good thing. Although most of our students who go to a prep school do what, Michael? They become pastors and teachers. Well, they all, yes, and they, they live there. And the dorms, They're also yeah. boarding schools. So and so my, I would suggest that... Would uh, you say that you went to our premier prep school? Oh, for sure. Our flagship? <laughs> and then, um, but I would also say that we can make fun of that. But we do not rely on second career mm-hmm. no, clergy. No, I like our prep. I'm not yeah. making fun of all, yeah. some of these I am. So, but, because not just, I do like not just you get, like, fresh people, but you also, just how much money you put into somebody and get 40 years rather than yeah. 15 or 20 I years. married a prep girl. Yeah, you did. Oh. All right. Yeah. 
Okay, I just thought of another one, but I'm not going to put that one up. Okay, here's what I have. Computer. Yep. Okay. I am a collection of rights. Okay. Slash, I have their will. So basically, kind of the dynamic of I am my will. Oh. Um, because that's what basically the assertion of rights often boils down to. <clears throat> and then third, um, influencer. Mm. And I don't mean by that simply like people on the gram, mm-hmm. which Michael <laughs> is on. I am. You are an influencer of sorts, yeah. or on, on TikTok, mm-hmm. which Michael is on. Yes. <laughs> um, but influencer in the sense of like dozens of followers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That, we're, still, um, we're still waiting on for our first dance video as well. Yeah. I believe so. But what I mean in that regard precisely is that that I'm there for the clicks, right? For the dopamine. If I don't have an audience, who am I? So performer. That be, performer. Yeah, oh yeah. Spectacle. Performer, I am yeah. spectacle. So that'd be the ones I have. We don't have to hit any of those right now, but I, I would be curious, especially of just a collection, an amalgam of rights. Yeah. Um, I think is one that a lot of people see themselves at, or I'm just assertions of my will, right? and my will becomes sacrosanct. So I'm neither, I'm not emphasizing body or soul even, but but pure will. Um, and uh, maybe with that could be creator, right? Um, uh, but what was yours, Michael? Well, I want to talk about as primarily a student. Well, why don't we go ahead with yours first? So this is from a, the the lens of preaching that uh, I, I think for a very long time in America, maybe all, for all of America's history, since America's only known the modern period, a very rational uh, scientific age, um, that our preaching is uh, about giving information and good preaching is a didactic thing where people will remember the information. And uh, Would you say that and maybe good preaching, Michael, is theme and parts? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and talk about this. <laughs> a theme. <laughs> In seminary training, we were given the, the uh, advice to have a theme of a sermon, and then two parts, and if you're really fancy, you may have three parts. Yeah. And it was a good way to learn how to how to dip your toe into the exercise. Everyone has to start somewhere, right? Um, but if you haven't moved on from that, <laughs> well, and <laughs> to be fair, some guys at that stage really need help organizing yes, thoughts, and true. that that's that true. helps and organize. We were maybe thoughts. those guys. We were yeah. those guys. We I, I am glad. I would. Like I am glad that I did a two-part sermon for my seminary days, and I'm glad that I never once did yeah. it in the parish. Can days. I suggest that one day we have on the third floor a theme and parts day, where mm. every conversation we have has a theme and parts. <laughs> where, like, when we start the conversation, yeah. we agree this is the theme, and there will be two parts. <laughs> yeah. All right. You were yeah. Uh, so, student data yeah. information. So when I. Which theme and parts can become. It doesn't yeah. have to become. Right. Yep. But so it can easily become law information, gospel how, how many times do you hear people, like older people in, in my experience, like he's such a great speaker slash teacher, right? You could tell that he was a good <coughs> teacher because he was able to deliver the information. Now this can also fall into the marketing one where I'm trying to market, I'm trying to manipulate you into a decision, right? Um, think the anxious bench and, and that kind of stuff. So the the style and stuff, its goal is the transmission of information. Yep. And that is 
good, and that is essential. Maybe essential is the wrong word, but it is certainly a major part of preaching. But when you look at how the word is explained in Scripture, um, it's mostly talked about for faith. It has a power. It does something. It acts upon you. You're passive in that way. And I wonder if that hurts our preaching and it makes it extremely boring sometimes. Well, and I think, I wonder if it hurts listeners if they're thinking, I'm, I'm here to learn, I'm, I'm, all I'm here for is to learn mm-hmm. new information. And then you get, you know, the point where I don't have, any, I don't have to learn anything from this guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, why, and then they don't, why they just that if they like or don't like the information or the information gets old. Yeah. yeah. Why, and why should I, why should I go to church? Because I've heard this before. Yeah. Right. I know this already. Yeah. Um, and that completely misses the, um, yeah, but, um, you're maybe not the same person you were the last time you heard this, yeah. right? Um, things in your life may be significantly different um, than the last time you heard it. The temptations or challenges that you're facing may be significantly different. And, and that whole um, understanding that, and, and that's where I think you're, you're getting at more the idea of this is toward, toward faith and, you know, a, a power to impact yeah, that to soul in, the, in that situation in life yeah right? it's a double-edged sword it it, it does yeah. something it moves it's dynamic it's got some juice to it and it's for you right it's proclamation for you uh, i think i've shared this before that my my wife has has begun to when when there's a bad sermon she says that was a nice book report <laughs> right you gave you me some said information. that too no yeah. you've stole that yeah. because you have said that to me without attributing it i apologize wife. to my wife um and you could have a really good book report, like you could dig in deep and tell me about all of the topography of the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. You got to how many kings there yeah. were. You got to, you got to though understand that this is proclamation for you, and it actually does something. This is why I think it's healthy that we have been talking about without too much people in the Lutheran world talking about this without too many people pushing back. Is that the word is sacramental? Like it's a physical thing and it, it does something. It's 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 actionable kind of thing. Um, and if I only see myself as as a person who is going to to learn something, then it's um up. It's only up here in the head, right? This is right. this is a, a Cartesian kind of thing. And I would say, what happens with when you get bored with education? You want to be entertained by education. Right, and so yep. a good teacher can entertain, and then uh, I think we're and sh- always we're sh- make it obviously pedantically relevant. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so then worship, and and part of that, of course, preaching, um, is only valuable if it entertains. And so when we mean consumers, we we were when we talked about consumers. We talked about consumers as in like I get stuff. We consume media. Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah. if if I look at out in the pew and I go, well, there's a bunch of consumers out there that consume media, therefore I have to do do it this way. I think you lose something, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know the other thing that you know, I mean, there are there are times for um, didactic elements, right? I mean that that where you where you sure. need to where you need to teach. I mean, if you're if um, I had the opportunity to preach on the festival of yeah, Saint Mark in chapel right and and i think 
part of that, especially given our audience here, mm-hmm. where you know you're not not necessarily everyone is coming from years and years of Christian education, right? Um, you probably need to spend a little bit of time talking about who this Saint Mark guy is, mm-hmm. right? But if all you're going to do is say, "Here, here's the information yeah. on this guy," Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you and you could take that with individual teachings or or um, other or topography of the Sea of Galilee or whatever right. else, right? You know, say, well, here I've explained election to you, Amen, or yeah. I've explained, you know, whatever it is, Amen. That's not, and it's it's not just with great. preaching too. I would I always joke with my freshmen, um, you know, growing up in Catholicism, I never had to like memorize all the kings of everything. I never even had to memorize all the books of the Bible. I've got this awesome thing in my Bible called the Table of Contents. Um, <laughs> But um, I joke with them often. Imagine what a terrible thing it is to be in hell, but to know the names of all the kings of Israel and Judah. Um, we can often go at the. We even have people who use the anachronism. What's the Bible? Basic instructions or information before leaving Earth, right? And uh, and so even going at the scriptures, the scriptures remain a closed book. If you're just going there. For data, Jesus says, "These are they who testify about me." There's another good one. Am I am I just a a patient going to therapy? Primarily, right. mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a patient. I like that. Yeah. I'm gonna, um, Mike, you mentioned sacramental, and so I thought of one that's a good one. I'm going to ask Jason to read it. I, I will admit this is a bit of a feisty one, but I hope you enjoy it. This is for Michael. Okay. Okay. Communion Sunday. <laughs> Do you like that one, Michael? It's a tautology. You want to explain? <laughs> yeah. Why? Jason probably doesn't like this one as much. He told me there's going to be communion once or four times a year. Right. I strictly adhere to, to um, Luther's guidance there. Yes. So that's. I'm sure that's what he exactly meant. So. Can we, I'm going to... It was the Fourth Lateran Council that said, if you don't go four times a year, you're not a Christian. And, and Luther echoed that. And then the idiots in America said, you should only go for <laughs> I knew that one would get you feisty. Okay, that's all the feistiness I'm going to permit, though. Because um, that one gets distracted. All right, so we have, I have got computer right, a collection of rights, an influencer, a patient. We have time, I think, to do one more. Which one of those do you think we can do somewhat quickly? Or do we want to save all four for another episode? I, I'm fine, uh, Taking one now and, and okay. wrapping it up. I will. Let's you choose. Let's let Jason pick. Okay. Okay, Jason. The uh, consider this a voters' assembly of one person. Okay, so this is the voters' meeting. Okay. And you're the voter, Jason. Hold on. Okay, I was just checking to see if he was male. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't get us in trouble, Michael. Right. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, Jason, so it's your vote. We can do computer, a collection of rights, an influencer, or a patient. Let's do because I, I think the collection of rights and the in, uh, and the. Whoa! Pa- hold on. As we'll Jason as Jason was talking, I was going through Facebook, and look what I found. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, yeah. what do you indeed. have to say to your wife? Uh, I would love to wish my darling wife a happy birthday oh, today. I told her on that. Facebook and on Telegram. I did. Oh, nice. I did see that you had sent a message. So oh, sorry. Yeah. Now go go ahead. Yeah, and talk about yourself, Jason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I'll talk about. Myself. I think the uh, patient and I think the collection of rights are going to 
probably be a little bit longer discussion. Maybe let's talk influencer. Okay. Do you have initial thoughts on that? Um, I, or do you want me to explain what I mean by it? Go ahead. Why don't you okay, start? I think we then, could contrast the, yeah. the collection of rights somewhat with the idea of influencer because um, the collection of rights can often become simply about my will, right? My autonomy. I'm asserting myself, although often the assertion of rights can go with wanting to be an influencer. While I would say influencer um, is the opposite of I see myself in light of how whatever community sees me. And I think we see here two like very American impulses that historically have been at odds, and sometimes one wins out over the other. But they can exist in the same person because the person asserting their will can then expect the community um, right, to be along for it, to get the likes, to get the dopamine rush. Um, but I would say the idea of influencer as spectacle, I need to be seen, I need to be acknowledged, I need to be liked. Um, all of those things aren't bad. Christ sees us, he acknowledges us, and we acknowledge him. And he liked us enough to die and rise and ascend for us. Um, but uh, I would connect these maybe if we go back to brand, to consumer almost, um, that this easily becomes about cultivating an image um, and easily then becomes about desperately trying to maintain that image. And from the Christian perspective, right, this is, um, it's rather than, it's, it's self-justification, but it's also looking for justification from others, right? Is it, is it almost that you become the product <laughs> That exactly. You're, that you're, you're hoping others will exactly. buy into and and take away with them. And, and that's not unique to social media. I mean, in the 50s, you would have people, you know, um, our grandparents who grew up and they, you know, would, would say, well, well, what would the neighbors think? Mm -hmm. it, you know, you made sure you dropped your kids off for Sunday school, not necessarily because you believe, but you wanted to be seen. So it's not new to social media, but I would say it's certainly been... Um, Technology, it's on steroids. Technology is gasoline on the fire more often than not. Right. So I'll throw it to you guys, but that's kind of my initial thought. And I mean, and isn't that, you know, now with the, if you're talking social media stuff uh, and technology, now, you know, isn't that kind of divorced from your connection to neighbor in that regard, right? I mean, that, that this is, I, I could care less about, you know, in fact, it might be better for me if, my neighbor across the street um, gets so mad at me for what I'm doing that, you know, there's a, a full-on Karen moment or something yep. like that, which I can now record, yep. which will get me yep. more um, clicks and likes and all this other stuff, right? Um, and yet, when I look at my, the response that I get there, even though that was maybe very much at odds with um, what would have been really helpful um, to those who are closest to me, whether it's by relationship or just physically, um, I think I just did a great thing here because now the community on the internet has said, um, hey, we've gotten lots of likes and clicks for you as a result of this. Um, and that's kind of a scary thing. Yeah, I, I'm not sure... Uh if I have anything to add to the influencer, I'd ever had thought about it that way until Wade had brought it up. But um, 
Yeah, the, it's almost um, the impulse. A lot of these impulses is good, are good, but there, but there's there's a problem there. I mean, at least you care about what the community thinks instead of kind of this hyper individualism, right? That has its own downfalls. But if you go down the road of trying to find your value in anything else but something outside of you that's divine, you're always going to come out lacking and very disappointed, if not in despair. And, right. the, and, the, and right, and the, and the church can fall into this too, and yeah. pastors. So what you're thinking about... Marketing an image yeah. of... Mm-hmm. You're thinking not just influencer as like the perp- person who's purposely trying to make money off of YouTube or whatever. Right. But you're talking about the, the, the social media user that wants to put something out there for a reaction. Right. Yeah. yeah. Or even the non-social media user yep. who just in daily life is about what other people will think of them yeah there's different ways to get likes it doesn't have to be on Facebook Mm -hmm. right I mean there's I know plenty of people who are very good at being their own social media without a computer constantly giving you their resume or phone yeah All right. well um, I think we've we've covered a fair amount yeah and I would like to promise our listeners that while um, our song of the day may may make appearances sometimes on episodes um, when some of the keywords are um, said, we will not overdo it like we have done today simply because I I enjoy it and I, I think it's fun. And so I know I I played it a little bit much. Um, Jason, do you have any... Dopamine hit. Yeah. It is, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. We don't do a podcast just to get together and talk. <laughs> we want to be we want to be liked. Yeah, there right? you go. Um, <clears throat> Jason, do you have any concluding thoughts for us? No, I don't think so. I think that there are you know a number of interesting things to consider with this topic, and and it's been fun digging into some of them already. I think we've got a couple of couple of good ones yet to to chew on. So <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to continuing that. Although would you Would you like to uh, sing uh, your wife? Uh, would I like to sing to her? Yes. Uh, sing a happy birthday song? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we will be doing that later on today. Would you like to do uh, that right now, Jason? Uh, would you? Like I think it would be a very public, like a very public and romantic sign of affection. I think it would be very. Awkward. I think it would be very awkward. But that's yeah. why I would enjoy it. <laughs> it could be a sound. I could. I could pull that. Oh yeah. Then. Then I think. You know, no, she just would not like that. Right I now. think we did a very good. <laughs> I, let's end on a good note. We, we've done a very good job of putting all this stuff into one unit, the concept of concept of how we look at each other through different lenses. I how think it, it helps. A, we helps. amalgamated a lot of ideas. We did. Yes. We did. Yep. The um I, I feel like it was a, a real synodical conference. <laughs> the um and uh, to our um Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary graduates, blessings on your upcoming call day. Call, call day. day, yes, yes. Come to the wells for now.